0: reading again from Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2 verse 1. We're looking at the same passage of scripture. I want to investigate one more factor in this passage of scripture and then look at a few other things. Mark chapter 2 verse 1. Would you stand as the scriptures read please? And again he entered Capernaum and after some days it was heard that he was in the house Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. When they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, Your sins are forgiven you. Some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic? Your sins are forgiven you. Or to say, Arise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, Arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he arose and took up the bed and went out in the presence of them all. So that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. Let's pray together, please. Father, thank you for your word, and we thank you for giving us a history of the the work and words of Jesus. We ask that as we look into this history, the life of Jesus Christ, show us the things we need to know. Remind us of these things often. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. This morning we talked about investment. We talked about four men. Four men who made an investment in the life of somebody else. Four men who made an investment based on their faith in what Jesus can do. And we talked about this investment, talked about what they did. But there's one more person who made an investment in the work of Jesus on that day. A little bit different investment. It says, he entered again to Capernaum after some days... And was heard that he was in the house. Jesus was in the house. Whose house? Well, most likely it was Simon Peter's house. If you'll back up to chapter one, verse 21. Then they went into Capernaum, same town. And immediately on the Sabbath, he entered into a synagogue and taught. Now look in verse 29. Now as soon as they had come out of the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Simon's wife's mother lay sick with a fever, so they told him about her at once. So he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she served them. Whose house were they in in Capernaum before Simon Peter's house now this makes sense remember back last year we read the works of early church fathers who revealed that Mark most likely most definitely received his information from Simon Peter that's where he got his information in fact it said that Mark wrote down the things that Peter told him Now that would make sense because whose house are they in? Who gives him all the details about what happened that day? Well, it was Simon Peter. Well, at any rate, the homeowner, whether it was Simon Peter or not, invested, first of all, his time. Now, as I mentioned this morning, by, when you got up in the morning, you opened your door and you were just part of the street. People walking back and forth. They wanted to drop in and talk. Well, it was noise that Jesus is in the house. Now people start showing up. And it says you can't even get people near the door. And what that meant was the house was already filled with people. His living room was already filled with people. His living room was filled with people. His front porch was filled with people. The street was filled with people. So he had made an investment of his time. I mean, I'm not leaving my house with all those people here. So he had to stay there. And what happened? He gave up his privacy he had no privacy everybody it says everybody was at his house it was totally packed in so he invested his time in his privacy now these are kind of intangible uh, things but he offered his home actual literally physically for the work of Jesus preaching he pretty much said here's my house use it for what you want to do today that's it. So what did he do? He made an investment of his time, of his privacy, but also of a possession. There's sometimes where people get quite a bit touchy. We'll talk about time. That's kind of intangible. We'll talk about investing some effort. But now when you're talking about my stuff, well, he invested his house. You see, he absorbed some of the financial costs of this endeavor. In verse 4, it says, when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. The literal Greek word for this, they broke it up. Here's how the roofs were made. They were made with slats about three feet apart, all the way across the top of your house. And on those slats was a latticework of smaller, a lot of times it was just twigs, and then you'd pack that full of mud. You had a mud roof. Then a lot of times people would have uh, grass growing up there, and you'd have a flat dirt roof. It was to the point where a lot of people use that for a patio. That's where they would go. You had stairs on the outside of your house going up to the roof. So that's where we get where they could get up to the roof. Because you're thinking, now, how'd they get that man up? Well, even in stairs, that's going to be a pretty good climb. But they went up there, knowing how the roof was put together, they started digging out the clay. They started digging out the twigs. They literally began to tear up the roof. Now, somebody's got to pay for that. Who, who do you think paid for that? Well, the homeowner. But now you can imagine, especially since it's pretty logical that it'd be Simon Peter's house, and he's telling Mark, he said, this is what happened. And you can imagine him saying, you should have seen the look on my face when that dirt started coming down. They broke my roof up. Broke my roof up. But he, somebody absorbed the financial cost for what happened that day. They made an investment. But, but here's, here's the, the point we want to make. An ordinary home becomes an extraordinary place where wonderful events took place. What happened before the day was over? The whole town says, we never saw anything else like this. Now, do you think the homeowner was worried about the roof when everything went down like it did? Oh, no. He wasn't fuming about his roof. We never saw anything like this. Yeah, that was my house. That happened in my house. Well, why was that? Because he made an investment. A tangible investment of one of his possessions. Now, this is not the only time that happened. Turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 5. Now, in the book Book of Luke chapter 5, this event is mentioned. But now, before this event is mentioned, something else happened. Scholars agree that the book of Luke most likely puts things in a chronological order. We do know that in this chapter, this event comes before what happened at the house. So let's look in Luke chapter 5, verse 1. So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone From them and were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. People were pressing around, there wasn't enough room. People couldn't hear. Well, Jesus got in the boat and backed up into the water, and more people could hear. You see, whose boat was it? Simon Peter's boat. So by the time that happened at what was most likely his house, he was already in practice of letting Jesus use his stuff. An ordinary fishing boat becomes a pulpit. So he says, here's my boat. Use it for what you want to do today. Then the next day or, or later that day, whatever, he says, here's my house. Use it for what you want to accomplish today. Well, one other instance where somebody was glad to let Jesus use their things. John chapter 6, verse 1. I like John's. ...version of this event because it points out the specific individual that made the investment. John chapter 6 verse 1. After these things Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs which he performed on those who were diseased. Jesus went up on the mountain and there he sat with his disciples... Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test him. He himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that everyone may have just a little. One of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, Here's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they among so many? Jesus said, Make the people sit down. There was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in numbers about 5,000. Jesus took the loaves. When he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples. Disciples to those sitting down, likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they were filled, he said to his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. So they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which are left over by those that eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, This is truly the prophet who has come into the world. Do you see the result of this in verse 14? This is truly the prophet. But what happened before then? Here's a little kid, a lad, young man, had five barley loaves and two fish. Well, we're thinking about big loaves of bread. It was more likely like little rolls, little pieces of fried cornbread, and two little fish about the size of a sardine. We're not talking about big slabs of fish here. Not only was it just a little bit, it was very common food. Barley loaves with really the, what the poor people ate. Didn't have much to give. Wasn't anything fancy. But do you know what he said? Here's my bread and my fish. You use it. You use it. Now, do you think he regretted giving Jesus what he had to give? Absolutely not. Do you think Simon Peter regretted letting Jesus use his boat to preach to the multitudes? Absolutely not. Before it was all over with, he had seen something he had never seen before. When Jesus said, put your net over there and you'll catch a lot more fish. Do you think the homeowner regretted letting Jesus preach in his house? Absolutely not. Did they make a mess? Probably they trample the shrubberies? Probably. Did was his day pretty much wrapped up with what was going on? Then somebody's got to fix the roof? Probably. You see, even though every one of these gave up a possession for the work of Jesus, they never regretted anything they gave to the Lord. So the lessons for us. We have ordinary stuff, ordinary things, ordinary lives. And we can take the, the example from all of these and say, this is what I have. Now, you use it for what you're going to do today. It may cost us. Stuff may get torn up. We may have to give a little bit more before it's all over with. But nobody regretted giving anything up for the use of the master. And we won't either. Is there anything before we close?